اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم آئی نمبر سکسٹی الم تورا ہیو یو ناٹ سین ہیو یو ناٹ ریفلیکٹڈ آن ہو الدین ٹو دوز پیپل ہو یز رومون دے کلیم فرام زعما زعما از ٹو کلیم ٹو فالسلی بلیو ان سم تھنگ ٹو کلیم سم تھنگ سو دے کلیم دیٹ ان ہوم دیٹ ان ڈیڈ دے امنو بیما ان ضلع الیکا دیٹ دے بلیو ان دیٹ وچ ہیز بین ریویل ٹو یو اینڈ ریمبر الم تورا دس ایکسپریس از امیزمنٹ اینڈ شاک اینڈ ونڈر دیٹ اٹس ویری اسٹرینج لک ایٹ دیز پیپل They claim that they believe in that which has been revealed to you, O Prophet ﷺ, meaning the Qur'an. وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ And they claim to also believe in that which was revealed before you, meaning the previous books, the previous scriptures. But yet, look at their attitude. يُرِيدُونَ They want أَن يَتَحَاكَمُوا That they refer legislation, meaning they take judgment, they take decision, They take the ruling of who? إِلَى الطَّاغُوتِ تُطَاغُوتِ Meaning when they have a dispute, then they don't want the solution from the book of Allah. They don't want the solution from what Allah has revealed. Rather, they want the solution from what? From طَاغُوت What is طَاغُوت? طَاغُوت is false god. Someone who is worshipped other than Allah. Someone who is obeyed in disobedience to Allah. Someone who is obeyed in disobedience to Allah. Some people, they generalize ta'ghut and they say any authority, any kind of authority that is not 100% according to the Qur'an and Sunnah, that is ta'ghut. So they will say, you know, the government of Pakistan, the government of Somalia, the government of Egypt, the government of Saudi Arabia, ta'ghut. Everyone is ta'ghut according to them. They generalize this because they say it's not 100%. And for them, 100% means how they understand, how they interpret the law, according to their own understanding. So they wish to impose everything on others, and if they don't fit in that criteria, then they label them with ta'ghut. However, this is incorrect. Ta'ghut is not generalized. Ta'ghut is what? That who is obeyed and worshipped other than Allah, in disobedience to Allah. that who is worshipped, obeyed in disobedience to Allah. Because it's an opposing force. Taghut is from Taghinya, Tughyan. What is Tughyan? Rebellion. Okay? So it is to rebel the bounds that Allah has set for His servants, for His creation. So if there is a person, if there is a system that says, no way, we do not tolerate the Qur'an at all. We do not accept anything that the Messenger ﷺ said. anything at all, they disregard, they oppose, vehemently oppose, then that is ta'ghut. It's a force that is against the law of Allah. This is what ta'ghut is. But if there is a system that allows you to practice your faith, to pray at work, to wear your hijab, to do what you are required to do, then please, don't go and say, ta'ghut, ta'ghut, ta'ghut. Don't do that. Because this ayah, if generalized, this means that When you get a, a traffic ticket, then don't go to a court in Canada. Okay? When you're fighting for your legal rights or whatever, then don't go to a local judge. This is not what this means. 
This is when Allah's law is there, when the Messenger's law is there, guidance is there, when their instruction is there, a person doesn't want to take the solution from there. He doesn't like the answers that Allah and His Messenger have given. He doesn't like them. Instead, he seeks something else. يُرِيدُونَ أَن يَتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى الطَّاغُوتِ وَقَدْ أُمِرُوا Whereas they have been commanded and يَكْفُرُوا بِهِ That they should reject it, that they should disbelieve in it. Disbelieve in what? Reject what? Reject the Taghut. We have been told to not accept Taghut. وَيُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانِ But shaitan wants أَن يُضِلَّهُمْ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا To lead them far astray. بَعِيد, far. Meaning to lead them far astray from guidance, from truth, from rectitude. This is what shaitan wants. And they are following his footsteps. It is reported that a man from Medina who claimed to be a Muslim and a Jewish man from Medina, these two individuals, they had a dispute. And the Jewish man said, let us go to Muhammad wasallam and let him make the judgment between us. But that man who claimed to be Muslim, he knew that if they took the case of the Prophet wasallam, he would make the decision against him, not in his favor. So he said, no, no, we won't go to him. Instead, we'll go to Ka'b bin Ashraf. He was the Jewish leader. He said, we'll go to him. Why? Because he hoped that Ka'b bin Ashraf will make decision that was in his favor against the Jewish man. Do Muslims do this today? That for example, when it comes to, let's say inheritance or divorce, right? Then for example, a woman knows that when she takes divorce, then she has to return the mahar that the husband gave. Now, if she goes to an imam and asks him for the solution, this is what he will say. So they say, no. Instead, we're going to go to the legal court and seek the decision from there. So what happens? The man has to give 50% of his property to the divorced wife and he has to pay a certain amount of his income every month to her and part of his salary is cut off because of the benefits that the woman is receiving. So the woman says, you know what? I get a better luck here. So I should seek that instead. Is this correct? This is not correct. You can get a lot out of that man in this world. But tell me, who's going to go and defend you before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who's going to save you over there? No one will. So this is something that we should be very careful about. That once the law of Allah, the law of the messenger is present, clear guidance has been given, then we have to observe that. And if we deliberately leave that, seeking the judgment of someone else, because we feel that we're going to get more out of that, then that is incorrect. Somebody wants to purchase a house. They look at the law of Allah, okay, you can't take interest. So what's the solution? Don't take interest. And then they go to a bank and they find out if they can take a loan based on their history. And they say, yeah, of course, you're completely eligible for this loan, but you know, you'll be charged interest. So they say, oh, that's something that you make me pay. So fine, you know, this is the ruling that they've made for me. So this is why I'm going to take it. Is this correct? No. Who can save you from Allah then? So the attitude of a believer is what? That he goes to Allah and His Messenger for solution, even if he dislikes it. And remember the story of that woman who had committed zina. And she came to the Prophet ﷺ while she was pregnant. And she said, I have done wrong, so purify me. And the Prophet ﷺ, you know, when he heard that, he turned away. Like, because he didn't want to impose the punishment on her. It's a very severe punishment. And he told her to go back and after her child is born, then come for the punishment. So she came back with the child. 
The Prophet ﷺ again, he said, go back, nurse the child, and then come. So she came back after some time, and the child had a piece of bread. The child was eating solids. So she insisted again and again and again, coming to the Prophet ﷺ, insisting that the punishment be implemented on her. And then eventually the punishment was carried out on her. And someone said something nasty about her while the punishment was being carried out. And the Prophet ﷺ said, don't. If the repentance of this one individual was distributed among the people of Medina, it would be sufficient. It would be sufficient. So going to Allah, seeking the solution from there, sometimes, yes, you will suffer loss. You won't gain as much. But you know what? That is still better for you, for your dunya, for your akhirah. Because in dunya, how much can you enjoy? How much money can you use? How much can you enjoy? Really, it's temporary, right? It's all going to end one day. If the woman, you know, through some legal fights, she manages to get 50% of the salary of the ex-husband, right? She gets it. How much can she enjoy those dollars? Eventually she'll run out of them, right? So the enjoyment of this world is little. This is why the attitude of the believer is, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and we obey, even if it's difficult. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ And when it is said to them, other people whose interest is not the book of Allah, but something else, when it is said to them, تَعَالَوْ Come. When they're told, come. إِلَى مَا To that which أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ to the law that Allah has revealed, wa ila rasul and to the messenger, meaning come to the book of Allah, come to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, let's find a solution from there. رَأَيْتَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ You see the hypocrites, يَصُدُّونَ عَنْكَ الصُّدُودًا They stop from you. They turn away from you in aversion. يَصُدُّونَ From صَدَّ dal صَدَّ Is to stop, meaning to not go forward oneself. To stop. So they stop. Sududan. Same root. What does it mean? Like stopping vehemently, like really resisting, staying away, keeping away in aversion. They don't want to come near you. They don't want to come near the book of Allah. They don't want to go near the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They don't want to even open the book of Allah to find out what Allah has said. This is their attitude. But the believers, what is their attitude? إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذَا دُعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَنْ يَقُولُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا Their response is we hear and we obey. Allah says, فَكَيْفَ So how will it be? Meaning what will happen then? What a terrible situation they will be in. How embarrassing it will be for them. When? إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ When a musibah, when a disaster will strike them. Musiba, you know the meaning of this from Saad Wa'ba. It's literally that which reaches, but it's used for a calamity, for a disaster. So when they're struck by a disaster, why? Bima qaddamat aydihim because of what their hands have put forth, because of their own sins, because of their own wrongdoings. Because when we do something wrong, then what happens? We suffer from difficulty in this life, right? Then difficulty upon difficulty comes. So when they suffer from a calamity, from a crisis, because of their own sins, سُمَّ Then they come to you. Then they come to you. Before they didn't want to come to you. But now when they're in a crisis, now they come to you. And then يَحْلِفُونَ They swear from حَلْف حَالَمْ فَاتْ To swear an oath. They swear بِاللَّهِ By Allah that in أَرَدْنَا We did not intend أَرَدْنَا from إِرَادَةً 
يُرِيدُونَ Same root as that word. So in Aradna, we only intended إِلَّا إِحْسَانًا وَتَوْفِيقًا When we went to Tawud for judgment, when we didn't refer to Allah and His Messenger for the decision, you know, we just wanted إِحْسَان, we just wanted تَوْفِيق. What does إِحْسَان mean over here? Goodness. Good solution, tawfiq, from the root letters wafa, qaf, and wafaqa is when things are in agreement, when things fit with one another, when things are appropriate and suitable. So we just wanted tawfiq, meaning we just wanted a good solution. So they come and make an excuse that we're sorry, but we only went to ta'ud because we wanted the best solution. We just wanted something really good. That's the only reason why we referred to them. Now, what does this ayah mean? This ayah means that there's some people who just use the law of Allah when they find no other solution anywhere else. When there is a dispute, when there is a problem, they're asked, come to the law of Allah, seek a solution from there. But what's their reaction? No way, no way. Quran, the sunnah, the messenger of Allah, never. Yasudduna anka sududa. But when they're in some crisis and they find no solution, then they say, okay, let me see. What Islamic law says about that? Do people have such attitude? Yes, they do. For example, when they're getting married and they're told, look, sister, I mean, it's your wedding day, but you still have to pray salah, you know, so make sure you have your wudu before you put all that makeup on. No, no, I'm not going to pray right now. It's my wedding day. I'm not going to pray. Or people are told, come on, schedule the entire program in a way that people can also pray. Why are you serving dinner right when it's time for Maghrib salah? But people say, no, no way. In that situation, they don't refer to the law of Allah at all. But later on, if the husband and wife are going through some trouble, they've tried marriage counseling, they've tried everything, then they go to a religious scholar. Or they go to that really you know, pious auntie or uncle. right? And they go to uh, you know, an imam for counseling. And then they want to go to Umrah. And then they want to go for Hajj. I'm not saying that when a person is in difficulty, he should not turn to religion. Definitely he should. But this kind of attitude is wrong. That when it's all good, a person doesn't care about Allah and His Messenger and the law that they have revealed. But when they're in a problem and they can't find a solution elsewhere, then only they refer to Allah and His Messenger. This is wrong. This is just like greedy children who only run to where there's candy and where there's fun. It's misusing. We see this kind of attitude amongst many Muslims that when it comes to certain matters that are prohibited, that they should not be involved in, they ignore the prohibition that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. So for example, buying a house on interest, they'll say, no, 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 I have to buy this house, I'm sorry, you know, I have to do this. But then when they want to marry a second wife, then they say, oh, this is a right that Allah has given me. Look, Allah says... It's like a command. Allah's commanding us. Well, did he not say that don't take interest? So unfortunately, we have this kind of attitude. But this kind of attitude does not suit a believer who is sincere in his faith, who is committed to his faith, who obeys Allah and His Messenger. That everyone has like customized the deen to suit themselves. That whatever suits them, we take it. Whatever doesn't suit us, we neglect it. But typically, when do we refer to Allah and His Messenger? When we are suffering. 
when we are in a crisis, when we have no other way. We will pray. We will pray our sunnah. Yeah, we will get up early. We'll pray fajr. On the day that we have an exam, we will say all our adhkar. We will make dua. We will give sadaqah. Yes, you should do that. Very good. But look at yourself at other times as well. What do you do then? Allah says in the Qur'an that, وَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ الضُّرُّ When a human being is afflicted with difficulty, with some harm, then he calls upon Allah, remembers Allah sitting, standing, lying down. And then when that difficulty is removed, it's as though nothing happened before. Nothing happened before. Everything's fine. Back to normal. أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ Those people, يَعْلَمُ اللَّهُ Allah knows مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ What is in their hearts. Allah knows what is in their hearts. They come and present excuses. Oh, we only wanted the best solution. We were just seeking the best way out. You know, this is the only reason why we took that loan. This is the only reason why we disobeyed in that matter. But what does Allah say? Allah knows what is in their heart. What kind of hypocrisy, double standards they have in their hearts. فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ So the Prophet ﷺ was told, turn away from them. Ignore these people. Stay away from them. Why stay away from them? Why turn away from them? Because if you start listening to them, then you'll get influenced. And أَعْلِضْ عَنْهُمْ Also that, ignore them. Don't start arguing with them and proving to them that they were wrong and that they've been insincere. Because, you know, just like little children, they need time to grow up. So just like that, some people, even when they're adults, they need time to mature. They don't see the kind of double standards that they've made for themselves. They don't see the way they're misusing the deen. They don't see that. You know, for example, if a child, you offer him candy on candy, juice box on juice box, he'll go and take it. And you tell them, come have roti salan, come have your food. Roti salan is like bread and gravy. You tell them to come and have that. No way. They won't do it. What's good for them, they don't want. What's bad for them, they want it. Why? Because they like it. So what should you do? Argue with them that why don't you eat this food? You know, it's good for you. If you don't eat it, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. You logically present to them. Are they going to get it? When they see that candy, no matter what you say to them, it's not going to affect them at all. Right? So then what do you have to do? You have to leave them for a little while. You have to put all the candy away, and you have to leave them for a little while. Leave the food on the table, and then they'll get hungry, and then they'll come. Right? So فَأَعْدِلْ عَنْهُمْ وَعِذْهُمْ And advise them. Do say something to them, but say something that will actually affect them. Don't go on that same rant again, so that whatever you say goes in one ear and out the other. No. عِذْهُمْ Advise them. وَقُلْ لَهُمْ Say to them something that will reach them, such a word that is قَوْلًا بَلِيغًا A statement that is بَلِيغ What is بَلِيغ? From بَلَغَ To reach. Meaning, a word, a statement that will reach their heart. That will reach their head. It won't just pass through the ears. It will actually reach the head, reach the heart. Meaning it will actually have an impact on them. Say little, but say that which will be effective. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا And we have not sent any messenger إِلَّا except لِيُطَاعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ That he should be obeyed by the permission of Allah. يُطَاعَ from طَاوَ وَعَيْنْ طَوْعَ to obey. So any messenger that Allah has sent, why has He sent him? So that that messenger is obeyed. Because otherwise, what's the point of sending the messenger? Was the book not enough? 
If everybody was to read the book and interpret it by themselves, then what was the benefit in sending the messenger? Tell me. No benefit. So why did Allah send a messenger then? So that he is obeyed. إِلَّا لِيُطَعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ And if only they, meaning the people, إِظَّلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ When they've wronged themselves, meaning when they have done something wrong, when they've made a mistake, جَاءُوكَ They came to you, instead of going to Ta'ud, they came to you, a messenger wasallam. فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهَ And then they sought forgiveness from Allah, they did istighfar, they asked Allah to forgive them. وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ And the messenger also asked Allah to forgive them. Then what would happen? لَوَجَدُوا اللَّهَ Surely they would have found Allah from Wa'u Jimdal. They would have found Allah تَوَّابًا رَحِيمًا Accepting of repentance and merciful. Meaning that if Allah has sent a messenger, then he has to be obeyed. When the messenger's guidance is present, then what should people do? Go to him. Even if they know that they're going to be in trouble because they have done something wrong? Yes. Why? Because if they're guilty, again it's good for them. How is it good for them? Because the messenger will seek forgiveness for them, you will seek forgiveness for yourself, and inshallah Allah will forgive you. Face it. You've done something wrong, but it's not the end of your life. No matter what mistake you make, no matter what crime you commit, you can always repent from it as long as you're breathing, as long as you don't see the angel of death. You can still repent. You can still ask for forgiveness. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the people would go to him and ask him what the solution was. And the Prophet ﷺ would also seek forgiveness from Allah for them. Now, okay, the messenger is not there. So what should be done? What should be done? That even if a person goes to a Muslim leader, okay, or seeks a judgment that is in accordance to the law of Allah, then he should seek forgiveness himself. That, oh Allah, I am guilty, I am wrong, I know it is my mistake, my fault, I confess, I admit, I am taking responsibility of it. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Because your forgiveness is more than the sin that I have committed. Your mercy is more vast than the damage that I may have caused by committing the crime that I committed. Isn't that so? This is so. So every crime, every mistake, no matter what it is, you can always repent from it. And that is always the best solution. Running away from Allah is not going to help you. Running to Allah is going to help you. Allah says, فَلَا Then no. وَرَبِّكَ By your Lord. Wow over here means by. This is like wallahi. Wow over there means by. It's for an oath. So, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ Then no, by your Lord. لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ They have not believed. Their iman is not complete. Their iman is not acceptable. Whose? Those people who say we believe. Do we say we believe? Yeah? Do you say that? Do you believe? Okay. So Allah says, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ By your Lord, their iman is not complete. You can say all you want. I believe, I believe, I believe. But it's not acceptable. حَتَّى Until يُحَكِّمُوكَ They appoint you, O Messenger wasallam, as judge. يُحَكِّمُوا from حُكُمْ Until these people appoint you as their judge, refer to you for judgment, for final decision on their matters. They accept your ruling, your decision. 
until then their iman is not complete. But unfortunately, when the people are told that this is what the Prophet ﷺ said concerning this matter, what do they say? But what does the Qur'an say? But it's only hadith, right? What does the Qur'an say about it? Well, is there any other opinion? Yeah? This is what we say, right? We have to accept the decision of the Prophet ﷺ. If he has made a decision concerning a matter, then we have to accept. Until we accept, our iman is not complete. It is not acceptable to Allah. So يُحَكِّمُوكَ They have to appoint you as judge. Fima Concerning that which شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ That has come about in them. The word shajara is from sheen, jim, ra. Any word that comes to your mind? Shajar, tree. Alright? Shajara literally means to occur, to happen, to develop. And that's what happens in a tree, right? Like it's a you know, small stem okay, that grows. And as it grows taller, as it grows bigger, then what happens? The branches come forth. Right? It was one sprout, but now there are multiple branches. There was unity, and now there is a difference of opinion. There was one understanding, and now there is confusion. Before, people were on the same page, and now people are not in agreement anymore. Alright? So any matter of dispute, of disagreement that rises among them, they have to refer to you, O Messenger ﷺ, for judgment. So whether it is in financial matters, or it is in family problems, no matter what kind of situation it is, seeking the guidance of the Messenger ﷺ, following that is essential. And not just that. Summa then, la yajidu, they do not find, fi anfusihim, in themselves, harajan, any constriction, haraj, harajim. What does that mean? Constriction, tightness, distress. That they don't feel any kind of discomfort in their hearts, mimma qadayta, from that which you have decreed. First of all, they have to make you judge. They have to come to you for judgment. Secondly, the judgment that you make, they have to accept happily. وَيُسَلِّمُ taslima. They should submit in complete submission. Seen lam meem. They should not feel awkward about the decision that the Prophet ﷺ made. They should not feel uncomfortable about it. No, they should submit in complete submission. Happily accept it. Now this is what? A matter of the heart. So we see that submission, acceptance of the messenger is supposed to be both outward and inward. External and internal. External, meaning that a person accepts and obeys and follows. Internal, that the heart also accepts. Because sometimes we may be doing something that we do because, you know, we have to do it. But inside our heart, we don't want to do it. We're just waiting to stop. You know, it's like, for example, a woman, she wears hijab just because her parents want her to. And she hates it. She hates every moment of it, every second of it. She says, I don't want to do it. I don't like it. I don't want to wear it. So then what happens? As soon as she's somewhere where the parents are not watching, or she gets married, and then she has her freedom, or she's away from home, then what happens? Off it comes. Off it goes. Right? Because when the heart is not accepting then you cannot even accept externally. You have to accept outwardly and inwardly, both. This is true submission. But 
aren't we human beings? Doesn't it happen that we do something because we know we have to do it, but our heart is still not into it? Does it not happen with us? Does it not happen with you? It happens. That for example, you know you have to pray, so you get up and pray, but if somebody were to ask you, do you want to pray? Then you like to be honest, I don't want to right now. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm exhausted. So just because you don't want to do it, doesn't mean you don't do it? No, you still have to do it. Just because you don't want to do something, it doesn't mean that you don't do it. You still have to do it. Because eventually, the heart will also surrender. Until you do it, until you see the benefit, how will your heart like it? It's like if there's some kind of new food that you've never tried before. And your friend is insisting, try it, try the sushi, come on, eat it, just take one bite. You're like, raw fish, never. Huh? You're like, never. I don't want to. She's like, come on, just take one bite. Just one bite. Pick up those chopsticks, even if you don't know how to. Just figure out, just do it. And then eventually when you eat it, then you actually like it. Ask me. Took me a long time to put that first bite in my mouth. But when I did, I love it now. So it happens with us that you don't want to try something new just because it's different. Just because you come from a different background. Just because you always thought and believed different. You've been raised differently. You've seen something different at school, at work, outside in the world. It's all different. Nobody wears their hijab. Nobody prays salah. When you start doing it, it feels very awkward, very strange. And in your heart, you don't want to do it. But you still have to do it. Until you will acquire that taste. And then you will enjoy every bit of it, every morsel of it, every second of it. That pleasure will come. That enjoyment will come. But you have to take yourself there, right? That she's saying that when she started wearing her abaya, she'd go to school and the first week she said it was so difficult that she felt awkward as if everybody was staring at us, at her. And she felt very uncomfortable. But then she said, ask me now, even if I wanted to take it off, I wouldn't take it off. Because I'm so used to it. It's a part of me, right? She's saying that her daughter, when she started putting on her hijab, one day she left the house and she forgot to put it on. When you've just started something, then you don't realize. It's like when I started wearing the naqab, one day I walked out of the house without my naqab. And you know there was a gatekeeper at the house and he's like staring at me that what's wrong with her? The one day she covers her face with the other. And I'm like, why is he looking at me? Oh, I forgot. So it happens with you. So anyway, with her daughter, what happened? That when she went in the car, she was insisting, I'm not getting out of the car. Let's go back home. I have to put my hijab on. So initially there is hesitation. But then what happens? When you break the ice, when you take that step, and then you accept it, then your heart also submits. And then you feel the enjoyment in your heart. It's just like when the parents make certain decisions for their children, when those decisions are made for them, the children never like them, right? They're always upset that, why does my mom have to make this rule? Why does my dad have to impose this rule on us? But then eventually when they grow up, it makes sense to them. And they treat their children the same way their parents treated them. They set the same rules, sometimes even tougher, because they have seen the benefits, right? So eventually you'll get it. But you have to surrender externally, And internally. Surrender externally, and internal surrender will also come. Internal submission will also come. But don't wait for internal submission to come to surrender externally. Just do it, and your heart will be in it very soon.
Just do it. Your heart will be in it very soon. And if it's not in it, ask Allah. Ask Allah and He will give you. وَلَوْ أَنَّا كَتَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ And if we had imposed on them, كَتَبْنَا from كَتَبَ كَتَبَ عَلَى is to make something mandatory. كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامِ Fasting has been written on you. Does it mean the word fasting is written on your body? Yeah? What does that mean? That it has been prescribed upon you. You have to do it. So وَلَوْ أَنَّا كَتَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ If we had decreed upon them, that kill yourselves. Or leave, go out, your homes. Kill yourselves. Or leave your houses. Go somewhere else. Allah says, ما فعلوه إلا قليل منهم. None would have done it from them except a very few. What is this referring to? The thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making us understand that how difficult is it to obey Allah and His Messenger. Allah is not telling you to kill yourself. Allah is not telling you to leave everything that you have. What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling you to do? What is the Messenger sallallahu instructing you with? Something that is very doable. Something that is very realistic, very much possible, very practical. It's not impossible to obey the law of Allah. You can follow. You can be a very devout believer. You can be. Because the deen of Islam is what? Yusr. Ease, possible, realistic. You know, like we have been commanded to pray. But how often? Five times a day, not 50 times a day. If it was 50 times a day, that would be really difficult. And if someone did not pray, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But praying five times a day, that's not impossible at all. Likewise, if Allah has commanded us to do pilgrimage, how often is it? Every month, every year, every five years. No, one pilgrimage in lifetime that is mandatory. More than that, it's up to you. But one is the minimum that you have to do. Is it possible? Is it possible? Yes. Is it realistic? Definitely. Wearing the hijab, is it something impossible to do? No. How difficult is it? It's not difficult. You can do it. You know, think about it. People wear whatever they want. The weirdest of colors. Like honestly, the weirdest of designs even. Once I was at the mall passing by a store, I won't take the name of it, but I saw something on the mannequin. I'm like, really? Would anybody wear that horrible print and that horrible design? Would anybody wear it? Like, I mean, would they? I mean, yes, people wear uh, short clothes or, uh, you know, people have different tastes. But some things are absolutely ridiculous. And believe me, if it's on the mannequin, that means somebody is going to put it on. Right? If it's on sale, if it's on in the store, that means people wear it. You can wear anything you want today. Anything you want. You can look a weirdo, a total weirdo. People will not object because that's your taste. That's what you like. They might pass a comment or two, but then eventually they'll be like, you know what, it's their choice. And alhamdulillah, the place we live in, people are educated. They have this kind of sense that we don't pass unnecessary comments on the kind of clothes that people are wearing. We accept them the way we are. And people who don't have this kind of sense, who don't have this kind of tolerance, then we know what kind of reputation they have in society. Right? So, you can wear the hijab, it's not impossible. Definitely you can wear it. 
Let me share an experience with you. When I went to university over here, I went to get my university card made. Okay? And I was wearing my niqab. And you know they have to take your photo and they have to put it on the card, right? So I went there and I'm like, uh, do you want me to take this niqab off? Did you take my veil off? And the lady was like, no, it's up to you. Whatever you feel comfortable with. I'm like, really? Like, I thought it's for the purpose of identification. She's like, yeah, it's okay. It's your choice. You can keep it on if you want. She took my picture with my veil. And I don't have the cart right now. But I'll bring it and I'll show it to you guys. I'll scan it and I'll show it to you guys. People who are educated, who have tolerance, they will accept you the way you are. They will appreciate you the way you are. And people who don't respect you, then such people, you don't need to attach any importance to them. You don't need to attach any importance to the kind of comments they make. When I went to university also, there was an orientation of students who were invited with their parents. And alhamdulillah, I got a scholarship. So there was a breakfast that we were supposed to have with the president of the university. So... I went there, my dad was with me, my mom was with me, and I went with my naqab. And I actually went to greet the VP as well and everybody. And they extended their hand out, but I stayed back. My dad greeted them. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Just briefly, and no problem, nothing at all. Asking questions, having conversation, no problem, nothing. This is something that I've experienced myself. And I know over time things have changed. But things keep changing. And just because you've had a bad experience in one place doesn't mean you'll have a bad experience everywhere. Just because one or two individuals are intolerant, that does not mean everyone is intolerant. Alright? So be confident. And know that the deen of Allah is not impossible. If Allah is telling you to do something, it is very much realistic. Allah is not telling you to go kill yourself. Allah is not telling you to go leave everything, leave your house and go on the streets. No. If Allah is telling you to leave something, it's only 2.5% of your wealth once a year. That's zakat, right? A little bit of your money, a little bit of your possessions. That's all that Allah is telling you to give. And if Allah had made the deen very difficult, then Allah says, yes, only a few people would have done it. And it's amazing that there are few people who will still follow even if the deen is extremely hard. Right? What's their level? Their level is of excellence, of ihsan. That even if it's very difficult, they will still do it. They won't leave it. They won't disobey Allah at any cost. This is why Allah says, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ And if indeed they فَعَلُوا If they had done مَا يُعَظُونَ بِهِ That which they had been instructed with. If they did what they were told to do, then لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ It would have been better for them. So what does it mean? That it may not be difficult on average, but it may be very difficult for you. Right? For an average Muslim woman, it's not difficult to wear hijab. But in your situation, it might be very difficult. You find it hard because you are an individual. You have your weaknesses and your strengths, your likes and your dislikes, the, a certain level of your comfort. So you are different. You might find it very difficult. Wearing the hijab for you might be like, you know, killing yourself, choking yourself. It might be very difficult for you. But what does Allah say? If you still do it, it will be good for you. It will be good for you. This is just like there is a medication, very bitter, 
you have it and then you can't lie down for half an hour and then you know you become thirsty all day you know certain medications are like that they have very severe side effects severe side effects but then what do you say i have to take it what can i do it is good for me yes i suffer in this way but i benefit in the other way so likewise even if you feel very nervous and very uncomfortable following a certain command of allah then still tell yourself it is good for me it is good for me it is good for me lakana khayran lahum wa ashadda tasbita amazing that if they would do it then it would be firmer position for them ashadda from sheen dal dal shadid is to be strong so ashadda stronger stronger in what tasbit tasbit from sabata sabata is to make firm and tasbit is to make stable to make firm to stabilize so it would be stronger in granting firmness meaning if they would obey allah in the matter which they find difficult as well then you know what this would lead them to be more stable and firm in the deen and doesn't it happen that when you do something that allah has commanded you with that allows you that helps you in doing something else as well which helps you in doing something else as well so as a result what happens you keep getting stronger and stronger in your faith you keep going forward and forward but if you leave one thing then you end up leaving one more thing and you end up leaving one more thing isn't it isn't it so like for example if you're wearing the hijab and it's time to pray then what will happen what will happen you will get up and pray right because everybody knows you to be the religious girl and the one who studies quran on the weekends and she's been wearing hijab for so long so yeah it's salah time she has to pray right and then you tell yourself as well not because of the fear of people that i wear the hijab and salah is something that is mandatory on me how can i not pray when i wear the hijab what kind of you know hypocrisy is this what kind of dishonesty is this with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so your doing one good deed will help you perform another it will lead you to one more but when you leave one thing then you will leave another and then you will leave another and you will leave another because when a person does something good then allah gives him tawfiq to do one more good and when a person does something bad then that way is facilitated for him that way is made easy for him so ashadda tasbita wa idan and then meaning if they would do it no matter how difficult they find it if they would do it then what would happen la atainahum then surely we would give them milladunna from us ajran alima a great reward the greater the struggle the greater the effort the greater the reward what do we learn that the person who finds it difficult to recite the quran but he still recites it no matter what mistakes he made he keeps trying he keeps trying he keeps trying He keeps embarrassing himself before the teacher. The teacher says no, ha, and he says ha, but the teacher says ha, and he feels almost embarrassed that the teacher is telling him to recite so many times, but he does it. He keeps trying, keeps trying. Then for such a person is how much reward? Double reward. Why? Because the effort is double. For one person very easy to wear hijab because they've always worn it from their childhood. 
No struggle, no effort. But for you, very difficult. In school, where you're the only girl in that class, my mom just came back from England and she was telling me about a girl who was the first one to wear hijab in public school in Glasgow. The first girl back in the day, the first girl to wear hijab in public school in Scotland. Till now people remember her, that she was the first one. She started and then everybody else started. So it was very difficult for her being the first one, being the only one. But then Allah doesn't just look at the action that you're doing, He also looks at the effort that you're putting in. The struggle that you're going through, the difficulty that you're enduring. So this is why, أَجْرًا عَلِيمًا A great reward. وَلَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ And surely we would have guided them. صِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا A straight path. If they would obey, despite the difficulty, then Allah would guide them to the straight path. We ask Allah, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ When a person obeys, despite difficulty, then what will happen? Allah will surely guide him on the right way. In this dunya, he will be on the truth. In the hereafter, Allah will guide him the path to paradise, the way to Jannah. وَلَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ صِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولِ And whoever obeys Allah and the Messenger. We were told earlier, obey Allah and the Messenger. And there's benefits to that. But of the greatest benefits of obeying Allah and the Messenger is what? That فَأُولَٰئِكَ Then those, those who are obedient to Allah and the Messenger, those people will be مَعَ They will be with. They'll be with who? الَّذِينَ they will be with those whom Allah has blessed. They will be in the company of those whom Allah has granted blessing. Whom Allah has granted the greatest favors. The greatest blessings. Who are those individuals? The cream, the elite. Who are they? Those at the top. Who are they? Whom Allah has favored. Whom Allah has blessed. They are... مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ The prophets, plural of Nabi. وَالصِّدِّقِينَ Plural of Siddiq, the truthful ones. Those who are true in their faith, firmly committed to their faith. People like Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. He was called as-Siddiq. Why? Because he didn't just believe, but he was a firm believer, a sincere believer. Someone who affirmed the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ in every situation. He said, if the Prophet said it, then I believe in it. As-Siddiq, it's a very high level. Was-Shuhada and the martyrs. Shaheed. Imagine someone like Hamza radiallahu anhu. Shaheed, right? Imagine all those great companions who went in Badr, who went in Uhud, and they got killed in the path of Allah. Who are they? Shuhada. Was-Salihin and the righteous. The righteous scholars. The righteous people of the past, of the present, of the future. You know, like when you look at people, there are some people whose level of righteousness is higher, uh, clearly higher. Obviously, Allah knows about their final end. But salih people, they're very distinguishable. Right? And how excellent are they as Rafiq? Rafiq from Rafaqaf, a friend, a companion who is kind, a kind friend. A friend who is good in nature, soft and gentle and tender and warm. Someone who has very good manners. So obviously, such people, such elite, the prophets, 
the truthful, the martyrs, the righteous, definitely they are the people who possess the best akhlaq. Allah says, you obey Allah and His Messenger, and you'll be with them. You will get to see Ibrahim salam if you obey Allah and the Messenger. You will get to see Maryam. You will get to see Adam. You will get to see Nuh salam You will get to see Hamza radiallahu anhu. Mus'ab bin Umayr radiallahu anhu. Imagine, this is not something small. If you see a pop star, you're like, wow, you know, I've seen him. I saw him at the mall. I saw her at the mall. If we know a little bit about them, we boast so much. If we possess a photo of them, it's like, wow. If we follow them on Twitter, it's like, wow. And who are they? Just people of this world, right? Who just have some fame because of the things that they do, because of the way they act in front of other people. The elite, the true top stars are who? The true stars are who? The prophets, the martyrs, the truthful, and the righteous. Hmm? They are the superheroes. So you obey Allah and the Messenger, and you'll be with them. You will see them. And what fine companions they are. What fine friends they are. Once a man came to the Prophet ﷺ, and he said to him, O Messenger of Allah, you are more beloved to me than myself my family, and my children. Sometimes when I'm at home, I remember you. And I cannot wait until I come and look at you. It's like when you're studying the seed of the Prophet ﷺ, you just want to see him. When you learn about his beautiful character, beautiful manners, you want to see him. You want to talk to him. You want to ask him. You want to take advice from him. You want to discuss with him. To this companion, he said, when I remember you at home, I cannot wait until I can come back and look at you. When I contemplate about my death and your death, I know that you will be with the prophets when you enter paradise. And I fear that I might not see you when I enter paradise. Because your level is so high. And where do I belong? I'm afraid I won't be able to see you. I want to see you. So the Prophet ﷺ did not answer him until this ayah was revealed. That whoever obeys Allah and the Messenger, that he will be with the Messenger. He will see him, he will visit him, he will talk to him, he will be in his company. He will. And don't think that just because you're a woman you won't be able to. Because there were women companions as well who went to see the Prophet ﷺ, who spoke to him, who asked him, who gave him gifts. There was a woman who made a shawl. And she brought it to the Prophet ﷺ and she said, I made this myself with my own hand for you to wear. The Prophet ﷺ took it immediately and he put it on. So don't think just because you're a woman, you won't be able to see the Prophet ﷺ. No, you still will be. You will be able to talk to him. But you have to obey Allah and the Messenger. That is the bounty from Allah. That is the great favor. That is you know, the high... Level that is the unique blessing. Min Allah wakafa billahi alima, and sufficient is Allah as knower. Meaning He knows, He knows who deserves this privilege, and who does not deserve this privilege. People want to have the privilege of sitting with certain people, eating with certain people, being in their company, even if it's for a few minutes. Even it's for a few seconds. If there is a scholar ever in town, then what happens? 
all the brothers are compete to be his driver right to be his escort wherever he has to go right this is a great honor serving someone or being in the company of someone who is great is an honor being in the company of the prophets this is an even greater honor but who deserves this privilege the one whom allah knows he deserves and who is it the one who obeys allah and the messenger in public and in private in the matters of deen and in the matters of dunya the closer a person is to the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the closer he is to allah then allah loves him in kuntum tuhibbun allah fattabi'uni what will happen yuhibbukum allah allah will also love you another hadith in which we learn rabi'a bin ka'b al-aslami his companion he said that i used to sleep at the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's house and i would bring him his water for wudu and also his needs meaning i would look after his needs especially in the night and early morning so he once said to me ask me meaning what do you want ask me i'll give you you serve me like this day here you spend the night over here to serve me ask me what do you want so he said that i said o messenger of allah i ask that i be your companion in jannah the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said anything except that so he said only that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied fa'inni ala nafsika bi kathrati as-sujud then help me fulfill this wish for you by performing many prostrations help me if you want to be in my company then help me how by performing many sujood many prostrations meaning worship allah more and more so that you can be in my company in the hereafter yes i can request for you too but you have to do something yourself as well wakafa billahi alima allah knows who deserves that privilege and who does not the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said almar'u ma'a man ahabba a person will be with those whom he loves how do we prove that we love allah how do we prove that we love the messenger by following the messenger right how do we prove that we love umar radhiyallahu anhu abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu all of the great companions how do we prove that we love them by following their footsteps and what are their footsteps obedience to allah and the messenger so when we do that only then we can be in their company wa kafa billahi alima recitation alam tara ila alladhina yaz'umuna annahum amanu bima unzila ilayka wa ma unzila min qablika yuridun يُرِيدُونَ أَن يَتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى الطَّاغُوتِ وَقَدْ أُمِرُوا أَن يَكْفُرُوا بِهِ وَيُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَن يُضِلَّهُمْ وَيُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَن يُضِلَّهُمْ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ تَعَالَوْا إِلَى مَا رسول رايت المنافقين يصدون عنك صدودا فكيف اذا اصابتهم مصيبه بما قدمت ايديهم ثم جاءوا 
So what's the main lesson we learn in these verses? Obey Allah, obey the messenger, obey the leader for your own good. Even if it's difficult, still do it. Because the benefits are amazing. They will get you certain points that will give you the privilege to be in the highest company, to be at the highest level, to be of the elite. You know like if you're ever traveling in a plane, there is a business class. Sometimes because of the fact that you've been a frequent traveler, what happens? You get points, 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 and then you get upgraded. So if you want that upgrade, you have to have those points. How do you accumulate the points? Obey Allah and the Messenger 
and the leader. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.